we're not <laughs> using this in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're insane. Catholic Nerds Podcast, your electoral source for quality Catholic nerdery. This is Scott Smith, Mary Reed, Cody Reed, and special guest Eric Dumont. <laughs> oh, Scott slacking on the intros, bro. <laughs> and your, your very great friend, Christopher, Christopher Walken, he had to talk politics all that walking where'd you come from <laughs> i was hiding underneath the pub table <laughs> you find many snacks down there you could sustain yourself for weeks weeks this on is end my, this reminding me of that that really hot chip challenge that you showed us a video of oh yeah <laughs> oh i love that <laughs> it was it was the Pretty worst great. experience of my life but man <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, basically along those same lines of worst experience of our lifetimes, uh, we decided to talk about the <laughs> election <Segway> tonight. <laughs> that was a beautiful transition, Scott. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to try not to get too political tonight. Um, uh, we're going to talk about what's going on with the Electoral College, constitutionally speaking, since I've got, you know, I'm not a constitutional law lawyer, you know, uh, like uh, Barack Obama, but um, <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> I feel like that was a shot. <laughs> <laughs> not a professor of it or anything, but um, uh, we'll talk some about that. I feel I've done my research on that. I feel like we can talk about that. Um, talk about maybe some, we've got Eric from Michigan. Uh, can <laughs> can fill us in talk about what's happening traverse city project veritas um also what's going on with the software glitches maybe um one thing that really i get nerdy about is the faithless electors and the whole electoral <laughs> college process so uh, yeah the faithless <laughs> electors uh, so that's you know that's kind of the topics we'll be going over tonight where y'all want to start we're gonna catch him talking nerdy. We're gonna catch What's him the... nerdy. There's a movie where someone <laughs> oh, wow. yells at someone, "Faithless." What is that? And I just thought it was so like Scarlet Letter. Ba. Um... <laughs> no, I just thought it was so cool to call someone faithless. You know, like oh, like that is quite the insult. That's below the belt. It is. <laughs> it is. It really is. So, anyway. um, okay, so. Right now, just to give a timeline, we are awaiting what's going to happen in the courts, you know, at the state level, at the federal level, and how they'll percolate up to the Supreme Court. Judge Alito, Samuel Alito, who, when Scalia and Alito were both on the bench, we call him Scalito because they are, they're both very solid Catholic, um, very solid conservative uh, um I don't want to exactly say originalist, but they're strict constructionists of the Constitution. Uh, they're not going to, you know, they're not activist judges, but they're going to be 
uh, Leto is going to be pretty active, I think, uh, with regards to this election. Um, so once that all percolates up through the Supreme Court and everything, what we're looking at is December 14th is the date, uh, constitutionally speaking, that the electors are supposed to vote. Um, Percolate is such a fun word. I just want to say that real quick. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the Supreme Court could um, enjoin that. They could say uh, they could postpone the voting by the electors. So there's there's all sorts of interesting things that can happen there, because if if the Electoral College vote is postponed and there is some a close something akin to a tie um, that triggers a contingency election, which means that the election goes to the to Congress to vote on the House to vote on the president and the Senate to vote on vice president. Um, but then depending on if the Supreme Court does delay the electoral college voting, it could be a different complexion to Congress. It could be the new Congress instead of the, the current Congress voting. So it's just, there's a, there's so many different th- little variables left to this. Hmm. Anything could happen. But yeah. when you said like, so we're waiting for um, our Roombas yelling at us in German in the background. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. But Neither of us speak German. Kids, just so at some clear. point, somehow the kid of the mess, come out. She's actually very pleasant sounding, but. but Did y'all kid, see where somebody asked Alexa who the president was? Speaking yes. of Alexa. And they said Kamala Harris. Yeah, it was Siri. Yeah. Siri, that's right. Siri. That's what true. were you saying, Mary Oh, just that the kids reset the Roomba to be French at some point. So uh-huh. then she would say, Erre, dies, blah, 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 blah. And then at some point it changed to German now, and we don't know what to do about it. But <laughs> That's awesome. she gets displeased very often. And then we have a baby that also gets displeased very often. But true. Um, when you said we're waiting on the courts, I'm like, just us, because according to the media... Oh, this yeah. is a done deal. There's, right, yeah. This is nothing like Al Gore and George W. Bush. Nothing. <laughs> Which I realize there's big know, I've been glad to see. Go ahead. Mitch and Mitch McConnell did say that um hey, y- y'all put up four years of resistance to Trump winning the election last time around. Y'all could have a little bit of patience right. this time around. Right. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I just like how the media right now too is like, um, they're like, oh, why can't we? Why can't he just concede? You know, why can't he just have the respect for the office and <laughs> yeah. and the electoral progress or the electoral system and stuff? Something that they want to get rid of. Um, and yet, for the last for the last four years, even before President Trump became president, he's been nothing but bashed twenty four seven. Who's who's the lady who held up a prosthetic of his severed head? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kathy, Kathy Griffith. Griffith. Yeah, oh, yeah. She yeah. did Griffin. Yeah, she. Yeah, um... she she, re, uh, she reposted that, and nobody's taking it down. Yep, yep. it's okay to hate the president. Uh, everybody's got TES. So, she, and she... Uh, but but the president but the president could be like, "What's this all about?" on Twitter, <laughs> and he gets he gets banned. Evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's, it's it's so messed up. It's just, yeah. It, it's propaganda. It's, it's what yeah. it is. the real war right now is is against the big tech companies because 
you you think Joe, he Joe Biden's been set up as like the the little man's you know president kind of thing, but right. he he's he's got a lot of rich backers, all the yeah. big media companies, all the big banks. It's not, it's just clearly the press because they yeah, do clearly great, the press. <laughs> they they speak very highly. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's that's the thing is no matter what happens, the the thing that's just been sort of disheartening is the lack of um, perspective or balance in how the media is reporting on it. Like like when they reported that they were projecting Biden as winning, they were like the American people are fortunate to have a leader in Joe Biden. Like so, we've just completely given up any semblance of being impartial in the media apparently <laughs> you know like right yeah. just gonna completely basically endorse him and and also just i don't know just a lack of balance from individuals too in mm-hmm. in realizing like they'd be saying the opposite of what they're saying now if the shoe was on the other foot right you know? yeah and then and this goes for all legacy media too even even fox news who you, you would think would be right are uh, yeah a, a conservatives platform i mean they uh, uh tucker carlson and a lot of their opinion stuff does reflect a lot of what we believe in um, as conservatives and as christians too but a lot of foxes like oh it, they're in-house they're, they're in-house, in-house the the people that work there the uh, uh all the the hosts the murdoch family they're they're very liberal in a sense they're if anything, Fox News uh, thrives when they're the underdog. So when when a liberal's in in the House or in the president's seat, they're making their most money. So they, it's it's partially money, partially uh, politically driven as well from everybody's or all the people working there's internal uh, points of view. Not a not a champion that uh, champion media voice that we need, and that's why uh you channels like on youtube uh the blaze with um steven crowder um michael knowles matt walsh all them they're they're really giving fox and other channels like that a run for their money like i think i think steven crowder during during the uh the elections on november 3rd he 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 was pulling more more views than fox was holy cow yeah, there's and he, article, he was just just on YouTube. <laughs> there's an article that came out yesterday from the National Pulse with the headline, Internal Fox News Numbers Reveal Catastrophic Viewership Collapse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> catastrophic. That's a good word, too. Very good. <laughs> and, and there's the double standard that, okay, so what Trump was angry about is that Fox News... Uh, and all the other media outlets called Arizona for uh, Biden, even though that number shrunk, I think, to 13,000 different as as we speak. But in terms of calling states for Trump, um, North Carolina was only called like today. And he's been ahead something like 80,000 votes consistently mm-hmm. for all that time. And Tom Tillis, his election, the North Carolina senator, was only called today as well. That, that particular election um, surprising as well because Cunningham, that Tom, Tom Tellis ran against, that's the guy that they found his texts that he was having this extramarital affair and he just kind of stopped talking and just wrote out the election. Didn't, didn't say or do anything and almost won. 
Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> well, but in their defense, you know, we did have a president that said, you know, a lot of other things. A lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. Like so, so, and I'm saying this to also indicate that by no means is this podcast like, oh my gosh, Trump is God, right? Like exactly. Trump, yeah. Trump is God's gift he, to. No, he's not God's gift. So Trump exactly. is horrible human being whoa <laughs> i don't know if i, I don't know if that i go that far but but as a person you're he making has a lot scott of sad yeah. but scott, knows, scott knows that as a person trump has a lot of faults he's a, wounded a lot of really person. bad faults i, I mean <laughs> he is what we need right now he's the antidote to the poison he is very much himself <laughs> He is the Trumpiest Trump that ever Trump. I mean, Emperor Constantine was not that great of a dude. You know, he wasn't as bad as Nero, but he was exactly, God used him for for good things, you know? This is, you know, we're just never going to have a perfect politician, but he may be perfect for the moment. Right, yeah. For for this, I, I think my, what I like about Donald Trump the most is that he's not a politician. You know, yeah. he, he he says what's on his mind and he doesn't care what you think. And unfortunately, sometimes that can be to his detriment, but um, it, it doesn't help in him uh, words. Exactly what I'm doing, making a coherent statement, <laughs> sometimes just speaking his mind. Um, we, we've been raised on all these filtered sound bites. Our president's not being willing to say really anything coherent mm. you know ex- except that george bush george herbert walker bush didn't like broccoli that's the first time he said something <laughs> unfettered and people went crazy <laughs> so yeah I, that's I the... the bluntness and the brashness right mm. he is very blunt he's just the, the i mean really a lot of the problems would be solved if they just took away his twitter you know like like just just did away with the the complete impulsiveness of some of his statements you know look at the second debate when there was the threat of being muted he he just got out of biden's way and let biden make his own mistakes you know when biden right uh, yeah said yeah we're gonna do it said i never said we're gonna do away with fracking and then said yeah by 2024 2034 whatever it is we're gonna do away with the oil industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and suddenly Pennsylvania collapsed on him, but because of all the early voting that the effect of that was blunted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to get too much into the partisan weeds um, to stay into the nerdy section, the nerdy constitutional section, <laughs> <laughs> the faithless electors. Are y'all familiar with faithless electors? Yes. No, I'm not. No. Okay, so faithless. Learn me. <laughs> I just like yelling. <laughs> so don't yell at me. So each state, when we vote by popular vote on a state basis for the president, um, all the electors in that in state then have to vote according to what the majority said. Right, the electoral okay. college, like here in Louisiana, we have eight electoral votes. So we have eight electoral voters that meet. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, 
they don't all meet together in you know like a college somewhere you know but on, <laughs> on december 14th they submit their votes and a faithful elector will vote according to the majority of their state a faithless mm. elector will vote something else mm. so in 2016 there were seven successful faithless voters there were five faithless voters that switched away from clinton and two faithless voters that switched away from Trump for a net loss of three electoral votes by Hillary Clinton. It didn't really matter because Trump had such a large margin and the voters didn't vote uh, for the other for the other guy. They mm-hmm. voted one uh, voted for Carly Fiorino. Um, that one voted for Kasich, the Ohio governor. So it's not necessarily one candidate's loss is the other candidate's win. Uh-huh. So if like, for example, if, if Trump did win Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, also lost Nevada and Arizona, it would mm. be a 270, 269 electoral college vote. So if you had just one faithless elector from Biden's side, neither candidate would clear the 269 Threat, vote threshold uh, to win the electoral college. Right. So what would happen is you would go to a contingency election where the House would vote on the president and the Senate would vote on the vice president. That hasn't happened. Let's see. I've got the, the historical um, notes on that. This has happened actually seven uh, several times in U.S. history. Uh, oh. The first time was in 1800. That was where Thomas Jefferson had John Adams for his vice president. Is there okay. a Broadway musical about that time? Because <laughs> I feel like there is. Well, somebody shot Aaron Burr. That kind of climaxes <laughs> with that part. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I've still not seen Hamilton. So I don't Me neither. <laughs> I mean, so the thing is, we, we kind of hate how much we like or how much I like Hamilton. <laughs> I'm constantly quoting it because it's they're really talented people, but of course they have quite the political, like the, the people who made it have a tremendous political agenda. Yeah, and they're Which not is, like nuanced about it. Like when, right, uh, but, when Vice President Pence came and attended one of right. their performances, they like totally disrespected and landed. Right. Yeah. But the irony is if you watch the play, the message of the play almost seems counter to their like Alexander hmm. Hamilton was pretty conservative. He he was a huge capitalist and bought and sold slaves too which is not a conservative thing but just nowadays like you know you cannot you cannot keep that person around at all if if they were involved in that in any way anyway but i I didn't mean to digress but but yeah we we enjoy hamilton in spite of some of the agendas of those behind it but yeah so you know secretary of treasury um Mm. but in 1800 the thomas jefferson thomas jefferson was elected by the house of representatives but the senate uh, voted for john adams so you had this weird split party where the president was of one party and the vice president was of another party mm-hmm. um the 12th amendment took care of that which is confusing because so they're both on one ballot now but apparently if it goes to congress if neither clear the electoral college majority you could still have something like that that hasn't actually happened 
I don't think since the 12th Amendment, but y'all can correct me. The other two times we've had contingency elections were 1824 with Andrew Jackson, and then 1836, Virginia electors refused to vote for Martin Van Buren's uh, vice presidential, his running mate, Richard Johnson, but- That's a, that's a redundant name. <laughs> Richard Johnson? <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> what's the nickname for Richard? Oh, I, <laughs> I see what's going on there. But anyway, I'm sorry. This is supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a clean podcast. It's supposed to be a family show. Um, <laughs> so, Eric, so, sorry. <laughs> so I mean, it's crazy what could happen that you could have you could have Biden just barely clear the 270 threshold have a couple of faithless electors and it goes to the house and senate now here's so here's the here's one problem people often encounter when they think about this is that the house representatives the democrats have the majority but trump would actually win if it goes to the house because the representatives vote vote by state delegation so it comes down to, are there more red states than blue states? I think it's like 27, 23 or something like that. So he would win with the current complexion of the House of Representatives, but he would win, uh, Trump would win even more with uh, the new, the incoming House Representatives because they've uh, gained a couple of seats. De- Democrats lost seats in the House, which was supposed to be, there was supposed to be this blue wave in the uh, house elections this year and there just wasn't i think that was uh, a lot of the people i've been listening to too they were saying that part of trump's plan might be to kind of hold things up in court for long enough so that we get to that date where okay something has to be decided by the house and the and the senate so it might not even the electoral split but just like the court battle wise like kind of clogging things up especially if it i mean but what would be better is if actually the court system finds true the allegations that are being put forth of the uh, electoral shenanigans that are going on. I mean, it would be terrible if it's true, but if it yeah. is true, this is, this has to be corrected. This can't. Right. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we hope it's not. Um, and it, it, it's just, there's a lot of weird stuff that, that we're seeing. I mean, to transition to, my my home state of michigan yeah um let's this could be the segment what's your favorite shenanigan going on <laughs> right so my, now the shenanigans we got going on here so november 3rd uh we're counting votes everybody's counting votes sometime around like 10 o'clock at night or so um everybody was like no oh, we're gonna we're gonna call it for tonight and wait so no no decision from michigan i think wisconsin as well uh yeah which is also uh, that's unheard of just in itself yeah. right it's to like say, florida, oh we're just gonna stop yeah counting. florida texas way bigger states had plenty of time to do theirs why yeah. can't michigan um so the michigan stops uh I, I i forget what some of the other states were doing but i, I know for sure michigan stops um the one of the uh one of the lawyers who is there supposed to be watching things um, there, there's a video through uh, Stephen Crowder, who had uh, an exclusive interview with this particular lawyer. Um, Scott, I'll send you the link to that so we can post it in the show notes. Sure. If you want. Yeah, true. 
Um, but she, I, I forget, I think she was a lawyer from Texas, but she was in Michigan to kind of watch things um, for the for the Republican Party side of things. Um, when they had called everything for the night, she had gone home. Uh, at, at some point, she had come back to the convention center where they were um, counting everything. And she sees this white van pull up to the convention center. And she pulls out her phone and takes, and there's video of this in the, in uh, Steven Crowder's video um, of her videotaping these guys as they're unloading boxes and coolers and suitcases mysteriously <laughs> at, at, you know, from this van and taking them straight into the convention center. No one's stopping them to look inside these things. Nothing like that. Um, you, you can see later the, the, um, there, there's graphs of the poll tracking of, of, of votes. Biden's goes, uh, Biden and, or the Democrats and Republicans, or Biden and Trump's go up at a pretty steady pace. Trump's winning. And then some, some point later, late in the evening, Biden just jumps, just like whoop, straight yeah. up, shoots up like 10,000 or something votes or something like that, and eventually overtakes, overtakes Trump for Michigan. Um, to say that's not suspicious right <laughs> which so on, talk so the about thing... the voting software glitch yeah and then and then uh i, I forget the name of the software i uh i know it, i i watch steven crowder all the time so uh just also warning for anybody who doesn't know crowder and wants to investigate him he, he's a, a conservative comedian uh, he does have a very adult sense of humor which is where my Richard Johnson came from. Uh, He's a former comedian. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just warning for anybody who would, who doesn't know of him and would like to check out the videos. He does have a, a very kind of adult crude sense of humor, not overpowering, but uh, it is there. Um, but he, I, just, I really just like him. him on YouTube. Um uh, with all his change my mind, he goes to college yeah. campuses and yeah, I love I love his you know, change my mind. is evil. Yeah, his change my mind sections are awesome because he he's he's very respectful for everybody who comes up yeah. and uh, wants to have a conversation about the topics that he presents. But um, but he also so, gives no bull to those who just want to interrupt. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So what was I initially saying? Oh yeah. So go watch the video. He has he has um, a lot of stuff on the things going on in Michigan as well. Um, another thing to watch out for is uh, definitely check out Project Veritas on YouTube as well uh, and wherever you can find them. They're finding a lot of uh, a lot of people are coming forward about um, potential uh, fraud and things going on in the electoral pro- uh, process in. Traverse City, which is uh, northern, uh, lower peninsula, um, there was somebody who, what was it? Uh, somebody who had come coming for who had come forward, um, talking about ballots that were not postmarked for the correct date, so they would be either a they were blank or b they were postmarked for the day after, which would make them invalid as voting, and the whoever was in charge at that particular branch of the post office was telling their um, postman to collect these so that the date could be changed and then used for the election process, which is illegal. (laughs) So with the, um, 
the jump in the graph, of course, I'm sure you've seen this, but what the media has been saying is, oh, it's, it's no big deal. It's not what you think. It's just that when they were inputting the data, um, they just put in all Biden's votes before, like there was like fi a five minute gap between putting in all Biden's votes and putting in all Trump's votes that they had counted over the last few hours. Yeah. And um, I've just been dumbfounded at the, the, the universal acceptance of that narrative you know that yeah, i'm yeah. not saying it's wrong it, it yeah, could it be that it that's could the case. very well be in the case yeah, exactly but how but are we the... just accepting that like oh okay <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it, it it has to be investigated because this is right with how close a race this is you we need to look at every single avenue i mean the president has the right especially with um uh percentages coming in within less than one percent which is the uh, margin of error for recounts uh i believe wisconsin was up for that he was trying to get recounts for wisconsin yeah if it's um, under a quarter of a point i think in wisconsin uh the state pays for it but if uh, it's within a point you still get a recount if requested but you have to pay for it okay yeah so uh, recounts are going i mean it he's well within his rights to ask for that um and then all the all the, just all the other stuff just needs to be investigated i mean and any glitch in the system uh especially in something so important just just we just need a chance to look into it and if it's perfectly if it was a glitch if it was a problem uh everything's been corrected fine if joe biden got more votes than president trump He's the right. new president and there's no problem. But it, it also seems so suspicious that, and again, not saying, you know, sometimes there's suspicious circumstances and yeah. nothing. And have a right. logical and nothing wrong. Yeah. But, nothing wrong with it. but it seems so suspicious that they, I think they were figuring that Biden was going to win in a landslide mm. and the night was getting later. And it's like, Oh, look at that. He didn't win in a landslide. Oh, we're just going to stop counting and go do some mm. stuff, you know, like yeah. as though almost they realized they had to, and I'm saying they, uh, you know, who is this, right, yeah. you know, Who's... but powers that be, whatever they, whoever they are, realized that they had to put certain things into motion that they were hoping they wouldn't have to. Total speculation, could be nothing, but it just seems like there's a lot that, that if, again, if the shoe was on the other foot, people would be yeah, clamoring. Yeah, we'd be up in arms for it. Yeah. yeah. This is, but this was also predicted from a while back when we yeah, had was... these changes in mail-in voting rules yeah. to accommodate for the pandemic we it was described it was described election night was going to be a red mirage and then as mail-in votes started coming in and were able to be counted because in pennsylvania the governor wouldn't allow mail-in votes to be counted before election day and as mail-in mm -hmm. votes started coming in that yeah, red this mirage, been the first thing they could have counted which is right. they could have pre-counted it makes no sense unless yeah. you're trying to defraud the election yeah, exactly so you know exactly how many votes you need to overcome the red mirage mm -hmm. right yeah so and that's exact and that's the problem and that's why the supreme court is of all the cases going forward the one they're most likely uh the u.s supreme court most likely to overturn is the pennsylvania allowing ballots to be counted that were received um, after I think it's 8 p.m. on election night. If they weren't postmarked as of 8 p.m. on election night, all those votes are going to have to be segregated 
and may even be invalidated. And I'll tell you why. The Pennsylvania law required just what I just said. The legislature made clear, I think it was 2019, that all mail-in ballots had to be received by 8 p.m. on election day. Okay, because of the pandemic, the, the Pennsylvania legislature took up that issue again this year. They made some changes to that law, but they left unchanged the requirement that all ballots had to be received by 8 p.m. on election day. That's so now, bizarre. What happened after that was a court case. Uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, judicial activism, they ruled that regardless what the legislature says, we're going to give them three extra days, I think it was, for votes to come in. They just made up a date and a time, a number of right. days and time yeah. to say we can count up to then. So mm. that's the Supreme Court acting in violation of the state law, and that likely will be overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. And Pennsylvania swings. Mm. Now, question. Have they been instructed to stop counting? In Pennsylvania? In there, Pennsylvania, there was... North Carolina, Georgia, and Arizona. No, they're still counting. As, uh, Why? Why does it take them that long? They're, they've been at 98, 99% for, for days. Well, what is going on? Is in Georgia, the, I think they're, I don't know how many are still outstanding, but they have military ballots and all these that can even the laws beforehand allowed for military mail-in ballots to be mailed in seven days could be received within seven days election day that there's a standing legal tradition in all these states that those ballots can still be counted and and, we're just waiting for military ballots for in georgia that's that's predominantly what's left okay there, I think they were down to 16,000 votes left last Thursday, and 8,000 of those were military ballots, which military ballots are expected to be heavily weighted to Trump. And the only state, and that's why it's so odd that Arizona would have called it early for Biden, is because the only state where provisional ballots or, or mail-in ballots are trending red is Arizona because people in Arizona get their mail-in ballots or provisional ballots or whatever they call them. And they walk them into the voting, uh, the polling stations to ensure that they are counted. So Mm -hmm. in Arizona, that's the one state where the, those ballots are trending red. And so today Trump gained another 2000 vote on the differential between him and Biden in Arizona. It's down to, I think, 13,000 now. Very interesting stuff. (laughs) Uh, Some some other shenanigans, too. Oh, yeah. Since we're adding to this. I I wish I had thought of this more, but there there was someone somewhere had some kind of legal uh, affidavit to go in and and oversee the, uh, the, um, the vote counting. I forget. I think it was Pennsylvania. It, yeah, it sounds like Pennsylvania. The their Giuliani spoke from the Four Seasons um, tiling company or something. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or wasn't it? It was like a couple of days ago or something. Where they they had fifty was it lawyers going in. Yeah, somebody was arguing with someone to to go in for poll watching, but then um, to be moved in closer so they could see. Yeah. 
but then the poll watchers moved all the people back. Right. So yeah. what happened there was, was, I think that happened. There was several um, Republican poll watchers in Philadelphia that were being denied access to, because they're granted access to observe the ballots. Right. And the judge ruled that they were to be allowed within six feet or something like that. So the, after the judge's ruling, they went back to the polling stations and the amount that they were able to get closer, the polling station just moved the, their operation back that an equivalent distance. So they were exactly the same distance apart and still right, yeah. able to observe. How is that not suspicious? I mean, how is that not contempt of court? Yeah. That's, that's the problem. I mean, when you violate the judge's order, you either find or go to prison. Yeah. I had a motion for contempt um, <laughs> last Friday on this. <laughs> uh, I won't, obviously, I won't name names, but the judge told these two people, this brother and sister, you can't talk to each other. No more of that. It's not allowed. <laughs> and and the brother decides to text his sister some threats. And so now I have to go back to court and say, look, <laughs> judge, you said this. The ink Smash. wasn't wet on your order. And he decided yeah. to text you. Now you're going to jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the law is kind of work. But at this yeah. point, the... The, and I, I know I'm going to sound so kind of fringy to some people when I say this, but the media has done an excellent job of making it seem like this is a done deal. Right. And also the social media, Facebook reminded me like 14 times within 24 hours of Biden being projected by the Associated Ooh. Press that he was being projected to be the president i'm like why do you keep telling me this like it wasn't mm -hmm. it wasn't news stories it was facebook itself yeah and same same thing with youtube like almost every yeah. video talking about about the election has a little bar right at the bottom that says the associated press has called this for joe biden right and it seems like a lot of people think the associated press determines the outcomes right yeah, yeah. and and that if anything changes that will not be legitimate and it's just baffling but i mean i say it's baffling it's baffling to me that people think that that the associated right. press determines the legal outcome of election but it's also really remarkable how effective i think the media and social media uh entities have been at making it at creating a public perception that's going to be very difficult if not impossible to mm -hmm. to change at this point yeah yeah I couldn't take, I had to delete Facebook off my phone. Like I was just, I'm done. You know, yeah. I'm you know, not. My, my wife, my wife told me the other day, she, uh, Renee was like, I can't go on Facebook anymore. All I see is, I see is all this trash and it just, it's getting her like anxiety and stuff. Mm -hmm. So she, she was just yeah. like, I gotta, she's gone. I I've done it for, I've, I've been off Facebook for like two or three years now, mostly because back when like I had this resurgence of my faith and I wanted to be very uh, evangelistic. I just got just way too many arguments with people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I was just like, and that's what I would think about all day. I was just like, how am I going to respond yeah. to this person? So I got, I got to a point where I got like no headway with a lot of people I was arguing with. And I, I think it's probably 
the way I was going about it. It was just giving me way too much stress. But that that was just it's impossible. Like we've just come to the conclusion that social media is not crying baby. That it's basically not really basically what it's not a conducive environment for productive conversations because people people get in their echo chamber and they just yell at each other and have a total lack of perspective that it's one thing like just kind of what we've been thinking about is like face-to-face discussions i mean obviously those can go south too but but there's a lot more of there's a lot more ability to communicate empathy and stuff with your with the other person's feelings and position and on facebook it just almost always just i don't escalates into world war three or and and a lot of social yeah and a lot of like social um uh, psychologists and, and and people like that will will say like communication is not it's not just just our speech it's it's our body language it's our emotions it's right. um it's everything coming in and to strip a lot of that away and just have text you can't articulate it as effectively as you can face to face and even even if it was like email back and forth, I think it would be more possible. It would still be difficult, but it would be more possible to affect change. But you're dealing with a situation. It's like having a sincere discussion with someone in front of everyone on earth and with everyone on earth. Watching and commenting. Right. Liking and reacting and commenting. And and so it's hard enough. Like I've had two experiences in my life where I had a discussion with somebody, both, both were in college. And in one case, I, in both cases thought I had gotten nowhere. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Child. <laughs> and in both cases thought I had gotten nowhere, but in one case, it was like three days later that the person told me that they actually agreed with what I had said. And in the other case, it took 10 years that she's now become Catholic 10 years later. That's and awesome basically that it's really hard to admit somebody that they're right like you know or that or that they've gotten through to something about your like if if it's talking about some aspect of your life that you'd need to change or your opinions you'd need to change that's for any of us hard to admit that either we're wrong or that we need to change something Mm -hmm. and all the more so if it's on a public for on a public world stage where everyone's watching and so of course it's gonna you know it 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 makes total sense that it tends to just kind of blow up Mm. when those things happen but it's like the story of our life basically (laughs) is like oh we're gonna have a we're gonna have a nice measured discussion with this person and let them know that we see where they're coming from and we can empathize with their situation and oh no they just called us horrible people and no called us a bunch of isms yeah I tell you I though, I feel that. a lot less uh, uh, anxiety since I removed it from my phone. Mm. I'm not scrolling through Facebook and seeing True all that. these things that people are saying. The only reason I, I I keep it around for me personally is because I like I really like Facebook Marketplace. I'll have to say, <laughs> I, I've, I've found a lot of games to add, that I've added to my collection through there. So 
you know. <laughs> but biochemically, and, and there course, are some really bad things happening to us. I mean, we we mm. are stimulating the dopamine pathway. Uh, did y'all see that Netflix had a special? That's on... what I was about to bring yeah. up. Yeah. Oh. And and that's and before we jump into that, there's another study that was done. Uh, I think it's MIT researchers. The name of the uh, it's brain drain. The mere presence of one's own smartphone reduces available cognitive capacity. It was um. There's actually a group of they're astrophysicists, but they were meeting at a coffee shop, and they noticed differences in their ability to talk to each other based on whether the phone was on the table, or the phone was in their bag, or if they'd forgotten their phone. So they actually conducted studies about the proximity of your cell phone and your cognitive availability or your ability to process. So they had people take tests with their phone right beside them, like right next to the test, um, compared those test results with people who had their cell phones in their bag next to them, and compared those results to the people who had their cell phone in a completely different room. And with each step of attenuation, with each step of reduced proximity to your phone, test results went up. So can you imagine what that's yeah. doing on a global scale? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, it's oh, man. Uh, uh, but and, and oh, wait, that, we're not doing video. Sorry. That, <laughs> Eric, Eric reaches for right. his phone as Scott is explaining things. <laughs> Make a joke. <laughs> what were you saying? I was looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that documentary was really. Um, What's the name of it again? It. I think it's called The Social, social Dilemma. Oh, Social Dilemma. That's it. it was, yeah. It was cool. really yeah, I'll just check it out. And at first yeah. it was the stuff you'd expect, like, um, like, you know, that it, I don't know, how did it start out? It started out with like how they target ads and stuff and. Yeah. Uh, they reverse engineer your thought process to see what's going to keep you engaged. For right. The right. Which was, by the way, if we don't want the kind of communication we're getting from president Trump, he's, reverse engineered our thought process <laughs> and knows exactly how to provoke the mainstream media and and trigger liberals and this true. is what you get <laughs> true true well and it, and it also talks about how it was basically designed similar to a slot machine which is stuff we've heard before you know that that there's the dopamine hit when you see that you have a notification or a like yeah, right um or even like withholding um like visibility and stuff to make you keep coming back for more like kind of doing that mm -hmm. that game of like give them a little then hold it back and you know um but also it talked about how in this country because the feed gives you kind of what you want it's it basically is you know almost entirely responsible for the red blue divide now in our country because yeah people just think harder and harder what they thought before <laughs> and right. and they're not they're thinking that everyone else is seeing the same information they are and and making completely different conclusions when in reality we're all seeing different sets of articles different sets of posts and different you know um so it was interesting everyone should watch it 
and it's on Netflix, which is normally a harbinger of all that is dark and evil. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it was good. Don't don't put your stocks in any media places right now. In don't put it in Netflix. Don't put it in Twitter. Plus the you're chose. losing money. <laughs> I did, and yeah, this, just the shows. I mean, this is probably bad. I I didn't I I didn't examine this as well as I should have, but I did buy some Pfizer stock <laughs> as soon as that news <laughs> was let out. I already had some Pfizer stock, but I'm I'm sure there's probably some into that for stem cell research. You know, there's probably some embryonic issues there. Mm. Possibly. Sorry, our baby is singing. Baby song. The song of her people. So if we want to talk about some, <laughs> shenanigans, some more statistical shenanigans. Go for the statistical uh, shenanigans. So in Georgia, President Trump's vote total almost exactly tracked the vote totals for the Republican Senate candidates. Um, they were only separated by 818 votes out of 2.43 million votes uh, at the time of the writing of this article. Joe Biden, whereas Trump had 18, 818 votes different from the Senate candidates, um, Joe Biden had 95,801 votes anomalous with the Democrat Senate candidates, which is really, really strange statistically. There also were nationwide 450,000 Biden-only ballots where no other candidate's name was marked just Biden. I don't have how many there were for Trump, um, which would be good information to have since we're talking about right. comparatively. Right. But that's, you have that nationwide. Do you have that by state? No, I just have that nationwide. Well, it does say um, it, the, the phenomena appears far more prominent in the battleground states than uh, in the other states. Hey, can Ashton bring me one of those two? <laughs> yeah, thanks. My wife just brought me a beer because she's awesome. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> Mary, Mary, where's my beer? My, we just transmitted Mike TV through the Wonka vision. <laughs> Instead of a beer, she brought me a baby that is growling at me. Yes. So. Oh, and to to add to what you're saying too, Scott, um, Biden almost has exclusive uh, votes from the 120 to 170 year olds. Oh, well yeah. done! <laughs> yeah, and people born in 1900 have been voting for Biden. It's it's only kind of weird that less than one percent of the population of the U.S. is over 100, but. You know. <laughs> They were. Um, you want to know? Iron, ironic is all the people going to put their "I voted" stickers on Susan B. Anthony's tombstone, having just voted for the most pro-abortion ticket ever uh, when she was, wait for it, vehemently opposed to abortion. Yep. Continue and, as you were. And, and let's everybody remember that Kamala Harris, as Attorney General of California, was yes. the one that after making sure Planned Parenthood was comforted and okay when the uh, David DeLayden's eyewitness video or um, undercover videos were taken of Planned Parenthood trafficking in baby parts. 
then went and seized every object <laughs> in David DeLayden's house. I don't even know if she had a warrant. I don't know if she cared, but she completely um, violated his due process rights while not at all investigating Planned Parenthood for anything. Right. right. The yeah. First Amendment is not her thing. She is not a fan of the First <laughs> well, Amendment. Well, searches and seizures aren't too good for her either. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and she also... Um, we need a plug for the Knights of Columbus because we haven't we haven't had one for Texas A and M yet. Uh, oh wait. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to talk about how Biden's a faithful Catholic? Uh, no, I, well, I don't want to talk about that. But um, <laughs> Kamala Harris, when she was well, when she was um, questioning judicial appointees on the Judiciary Committee as a senator, mm-hmm. uh, she questioned whether a judicial nominee uh knew that the knights of columbus were against her quote quote, are you or have you ever been associated with an organization or with a terrorist organization known as the knights of columbus terrorist organization good lord that wasn't rano The Hawaiian senator that was Gaz Kamala. Hirono. Yeah. Hirono. Yeah, the, or no, Hirono, Hirono asked ACB or Amy Cody Barron. Um, that was one of the quotes at the time. And it was like, yeah. Like, what? What, no what is wrong? Wrong? The, the extremist? It was an extremist terrorist organization, I think. Or maybe it was an extremist organization. Yeah. Anyways, it was pretty yeah, selling, bad. Selling yeah, Tootsie Rolls. Guys that are doing pancake breakfasts. They're so horrible. Pancake breakfasts, Tootsie Roll drives. $6 million to charity. How, Fish fries. So now, if, if we had somebody saying that sort of thing again about the Masons, <laughs> I, may be, I may accept that. Right, yeah. <laughs> Apparently what she said, so it seems like maybe it was someone else who said the terrorist thing. She said, were you aware that the organization opposes a woman's right to choose when you joined the organization. Right. Yeah. That was the question she asked. Bless her heart. Yeah. Yeah. I think her, uh, Senator Hirono asked the question if she was ever involved in some kind of sexual, sexually illicit things with yeah. minors or something. Yeah. Yeah. Which for the record, it comes up in normal conversation. Right. Like, yeah. We, we would, here in Louisiana, we're blessed to have a fair number of pro-life Democrats. Like we just passed the Love Life Amendment. What? What? And um, it was sponsored by a pro-life Democrat woman, African-American legislature, who I really hope starts pursuing national Absolutely. office. She's a state um, senator. Got my vote. So basically that like we, we try our best not to be red or blue per se but more to be looking at our people what our candidates defending the vulnerable yeah, and the weak right. and See, we're not we're not republicans was a blue and pink not... party this time right we're catholics i, I voted exactly. for Kanye. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we keep saying that, party which i'm gonna be really ticked if he did vote for kanye and i didn't <laughs> vote for kanye because nice. i would have loved to have voted for kanye <laughs> So, um, as as fun as it uh, to talk about the birthday party, um, <laughs> Kamala uh, co-sponsored, co-authored uh, the Women's Health Protection Act. Um, let's see. That sounds that, so benign. Yeah. Well, okay. So first off, she they 
she also sponsored a bill in the Senate to federalize the infanticide uh, law, New York infanticide law, which decriminalized not having a doctor present to save a baby born alive. Okay. Mm. But then she co-authored the Women's Health Protection Act, which would require, it would automatically invalidate any state law that provides restrictions on abortions. So that any state law that provides restrictions on abortions would have to be vetted first by the federal, by the U.S. Justice Department which you know she would be head of they're talking about appointing cuomo as attorney general right yeah. so i mean <laughs> that they did that sort of thing in the during the civil rights era um that they had to uh laws had to be pre-checked but that's that's oh that is so unconstitutional <laughs> yeah goodness gracious it's as extreme as we've ever had right yeah what a world we live in but you know the bright side is that you know maybe we can talk about the senate for a second um i think we're at 52 48 um in terms of maintaining our senate majority so we flipped two states uh oh, sorry when i say we that's not very um fair and balanced anyway. <laughs> right yeah republicans uh, two states got flipped <laughs> <laughs> um Let's see. So Republicans flipped Alabama with Doug Moore to Tommy Tuberville. Democrats flipped Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Colorado from uh, that was the Gardner to Hickenlooper, I think. And then Arizona was McSally to, you know, the husband of the lady who was who was shot there at the campaign event several years back. So that was a net loss of one. Republican center. We had a 5347 uh Republicans had a 5347 <laughs> Senate majority. So I think it's going to be 5248 now assuming that the recount in Georgia between Purdue and Ossoff results in Purdue winning and the runoff in Georgia uh where the Republicans received over 50% of the votes in the uh, primary both of those will likely go republican and tom the tom tillis north carolina race was just called to uh which is republican hold so i my i'm pretty sure it's going to be 50 to 48 if it if we get down to 51 49 you know it gets dicey because the moderates would control the party mitt romney susan collins could could move votes move would be very powerful at that point Mm. Uh, but yeah susan collins blew out the the competition she was supposed she was polling if we want to talk about polling and how off it was the whole time susan collins was behind five to ten points in polling and won by five to ten points percentage points yes how does that happen (laughs) i mean i'm guessing just people not wanting to be forthcoming about who they're actually voting for or or bad sample selection or i don't know or willingly having bad polling yeah but i started watching the trafalgar groups polls a lot closer towards the end of the election because they seemed to be tracking better but they also had devices uh they had 
procedures to overcome the shy Trump voter effect. And their polling was spot on when everything was counted and then maybe went a little off when extra votes were counted. There's some kind of like novelty mask company that has like predicted the the u.s presidency for the last like couple presidents i forget who i forget who it was though is it the ben because, cooper because halloween mask company that sounds familiar those are all the vintage batman masks or halloween and stuff okay yeah those i'm not i'm not sure which one it was but yeah it was just because they they would sell more masks of a particular candidate yeah. and it, and it, it it was it predicted it better than any of the other poll watchers or pollsters for this election (laughs) that sounds about right (laughs) let (laughs) chaos reign yeah (laughs) we're gonna have a lot of guys going around like this i tell you what (laughs) you've you fired (laughs) (laughs) well and and nixon should be winning all the former right (laughs) former president (laughs) elections because hit I recently, for the first time, even though I'm an 80s child, saw Point Break. That's uh, the one where they wear uh, presidential masks to go rob yeah. banks. And I think there were lots of copycat bank robbers after that, but that's Keanu Reeves <laughs> and Patrick Swayze. Yeah. You know, the golden age <laughs> of movie. <laughs> well, uh, any, more, uh, any more thoughts on this? Do y'all. Um, have we juiced all we can out of this lemon? Need lemonades as best was, we can. Um, I was just couple. about to. No, you go ahead. Oh. Yeah, or I, I was just I was thinking of something, but then you started talking about Point Break, and then I forgot. So, <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> well, so there were eighty. Some some good news, some light in the darkness is that eighty pro life Democrats were elected nationwide. Wow, eighty. Awesome. 80 Wait, awesome. Uh, to nationwide office or? i don't think it's nationwide office it's it's a that's information from democrats for life of america awesome. and um they what the what it says is 80 plus pro-life democrats elected nationwide so i don't think it's necessarily to national office um and there's also specifically 14 14 pro-life women democrats elected so of those 14 were women anyway that that's a really um good sign in the direction of the party you know possibly being changed from within and the fact that those people won whereas a lot of the more extreme democrats lost um like there's starting to be some shift in messaging and stuff so you know if you can't beat them join them i'm not saying join them but (laughs) they they, you know (laughs) a good a good a move in the right direction would also be them realizing that their rhetoric is so extreme that it, it's not sustainable it might be sustainable among a very small group of people or small is maybe the wrong word but among a very vocal group of people but not the kind of group that's going to get you elected to national office you know so some good news yeah there was one of the moderate moderate Democrats in the House of Representatives, and she used choice language, but she said, we can't continue with this same rhetoric of defund the police, 
maybe the radical pro-abortion stances Mary was just talking about. She said, if we continue on this track, we're going to be bleep torn apart in the, in the next election, in the midterm elections. And there typically is, there typically is a wave and for the other party, whoever wins the white house, the other party typically gains seats in the midterm elections. Right. What were you going to say? I was going to say that is, is Nancy Pelosi's power in any, at any risk, because I, I was under the impression that it might be with some, not, not her position as speaker of the house, but more questioning her leadership in terms of the fact that they lost seats. I think it absolutely is her. I think her speakership is at risk. Yeah. Because so what, what is it? 218 uh, for a majority of seats in the house representatives. I think that's right. It's 435. Is it 435? Because yeah, the electoral college is 535 because it's 435 representatives plus plus 100 senators. Yeah. So the Republicans are, gonna be right now and there's i want to say 10 15 seats still undecided the majority of which are trending republican right now it's 204 republicans 216 democrats yeah wow democrats will likely gain those remaining two seats to keep their majority but when the majority is so razor thin it gives all kinds of power to the moderates right which is good you know i think that's a good thing I, I know Steny Hoyer, who ran against Pelosi one of her previous times for speaker, he's still in the House. I, but there are definitely rumblings about a change in the leadership because all the Republicans need to do is gain five Democrat votes and they can decide who the speaker is. You know, it's that's very tight in the House. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why right. the stock market's rallying because uh, a divided U.S. government historically leads to the best economic progress because the government can't do anything. <laughs> Put, your, I was curious Put your money down now. I said I was curious why I was staying pretty stable. Like it, it like it's just kind of stayed pretty solid, you know? There, there was a big dip at 10 o'clock this morning. Do you know what happened today? Huh? I don't either. That's why I'm asking. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, it... Um, everything took a large dip at 10 o'clock this morning but on the whole it's we've seen a significant rally with the stock market it's been bull for uh you know bull market not bull other thing uh for a good week or bull two spit. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and those of you listening at home he said bull spit Spit, yes, spit. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> like spittoon. <laughs> you can cut out my Richard Johnson joke too. <laughs> oh, that's staying in. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> For all of you Catholic nerds out there with an eclectic taste. <laughs> oh, dear. Our children are arguing. They're still awake. Um, that's what God's saying up above. <laughs> oh, so I was thinking. I was thinking when you asked Eric to give the Michigan update that we're like a very um. So we've got one like full-blooded Michigander. Is that the word? Yeah. Yep. 
Michigander. And then Michigander. I'm half I'm half Michigander. My dad was from Michigan. And then Cody's grandfather was from Michigan. So he's 25% Michigander. Oh man. Scott, are oh, really? you I'm hundred percent. Uh, my aunt and uncle oh, um live in uh, Michigan. They're from Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we'll call that five percent Michigander. <laughs> so all right. So all together we're I think we're we're what are we? But can I can I say my uncle's dad was a teamster in Detroit, and um, I don't know if that counts. Things definitely things happened. Things happen. <laughs> things occur. <laughs> well, so so basically, we're like almost evenly divided up. You know, like we're like one and three quarters of a person Michigander and two and a quarter people Louisianian. So look at that for what that's worth it's worth a lot uh, <laughs> you, you guys are definitely gonna have to start drinking burners now can we uh, at least get some mail-in votes going here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna have to send you guys some burners now uh, i just that's it's a michigan pop it's uh ginger ale um it's not like canada dry I, i've talked to you guys before about it but uh it, it's to us in michigan verners is medicine so if you have an upset stomach or something like that, that's that's what you drink. You know, you know, you drink you don't drink orange juice. You drink burners. Is this uh, like the Saturday Night Live skit? The the beer named Swill that's dredged from the shores of Lake Erie. Probably yeah. as it pours out, there's like pull tops from the beer cans like coming out with it and stuff. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that skit, but now I have to watch it. I'm yeah. gonna put it put it in the show notes. We're just gonna say All right. We're gonna send you crawfish in a box live. Oh, I was, oh okay, thanks. A beta. <laughs> okay, a beta beer if you a want to be root nice. Beer. I thought live crawfish would be, be more interesting. Root beer. We'll send you some slap your mama. That uh, would be fun. Cajun seasoning and live I do. Li- I do like spicy stuff. So why is it called slap your mama? Like that just doesn't like, seem like a positive thing. <laughs> yeah, better yeah. than burn your face off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, we can context. We can we can bring this full circle all the way back to your chip eating contest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a off topic, but uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, we could. Uh, you have my video, right? It's on yeah, is that Facebook. Okay, put that put that in the show notes too. Is there a link to that? I, I think I mean, so. It's just YouTube. Yeah, you, you put the yeah. link. Okay, cool. Is it? I, I forget if it's on YouTube or if it's on my Facebook, and I don't know if I have it public or not. But anyway, uh, yes. Uh, so pa, there's a company called Pocky, P-A-Q-U-I, I believe, and they have this thing called the One Chip Challenge, where it for ten dollars you buy this one single tortilla chip that is covered you had to in. Pay for it? Yeah, I had to pay for it because <laughs> <laughs> they had they had this. Uh, they, it was an actual challenge that the company put on where you upload your video of you eating the chip, and you were put into a contest to win this like really sweet neon sign. It had like the Grim Reaper on it and the Pocky logo, and so it, it was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, they, it's it's Carolina Reaper, which is the hottest pepper in the world Don't right now the reaper. where i think oh, cowbell if, if i remember yeah if i remember correctly in terms of the scoville scale 
Um, I think most people are, are familiar with the ghost pepper, right? That's mm-hmm. like a that's like a million on the Scoville scale. Lord, the, the Carolina Reaper is twenty three million. I don't know if you audibly heard Cody's jaw drop or not, but um, (laughs) so yeah, see crackle. Yeah. So I don't know if they're selling it right now or not, but this, this this was like a year or two ago when I did this, but you buy buy the single, you buy a single chip (laughs) and it is to, to describe the immense pain that you go through. It's like, I want to do this so bad. <laughs> imagine, imagine an electric stove that has the coil burners on it. Imagine cranking that all the way up to high till it gets red hot, and then taking off the stove and wrapping your lips around it. That's how hot that chip was. <laughs> so is the it milk? Was, does the milk it was, stops it from burning? The milk kind of helps, you know, but you have to like soak your tongue in it, kind of thing. But even then, it's still <laughs> really hot. It was so hot. I had I had not only bought ice cream and milk, or I had not only bought milk, but I bought ice cream. I was chewing on ice cream, and I have fillings, so oh. that and that's the worst feeling trying to chew on something cold when you have fillings. But I was I was chewing on ice cream like it was bubble gum. It was so hot. It was <laughs> I was just like oh, God, God. <laughs> just eating ice cream like right. I was eating so much dairy. I was gonna throw up. Awesome. It, it was. It was bad. <laughs> oh, and Ken, um, let me give a plug real fast, um, if y'all don't mind. So I just published a new book. It's the MAGA Guide. Now I'm probably more MAGA than you know the rest of the group here. So don't think probably. poorly of them just because of me. Probably. <laughs> it's the MAGA Guide to Scam. Socialism, communism, and Marxism. There's a huge section in there on John Paul II, uh, his encyclical, uh, Centesimus Annus, uh, which means the hundredth year uh, since Pope Leo's publishing of Rerum Novarum, which is anti Marxism. Like every pope has gone off on Marxism for the last 150, 200 years. Um, a couple of them have talked about the excesses of capitalism, but all of them have said <laughs> communism, no bueno. <laughs> Does not work. So the audiobook version of, of my book just came out, and it was awesome. narrated by uh, Monica, Monica J. She's a conservative radio talk show host out of Nevada. Um, and Nevada, pray for pray for Nevada. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that one will. Maybe Monica J can help turn the tide there. But uh, that's available on Audible, uh, and then the paperback and ebook versions are available on Amazon as well. Awesome. I appreciate any support there. Awesome. Through that. Cool, 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 cool. cool. <laughs> is no it? Doubt, no doubt. No doubt. Is it that time again, everybody? Are, are we turning into pumpkins? <laughs> yeah. Pumpkins. Our kids are turning into pumpkins. I don't know. Is it that time? Okay. All right. Thank you guys for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds. This has been Scott, Mary Reed, Cody Reed, and special guest, Eric Dumont. Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, blue staters, red staters, Catholic, (laughs) Protestant. And remember, folks. The world is full of jokers.
Always be Batman. Good night. <laughs> what?